Hello and welcome into the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by SoRare Data. I am Andrew Laird, head of content here at SoRare Data, joined as always by Andy Black. You can find me on SoRare as Lairdino. Andy's at Black. That's what he has written down there. Andy, does it feel any different now that we're like officially SoRare Data pod? There's like a new logo and yeah, everything's different. I don't, I, it's, it's never going to be the same as it was before. Everything's I, different now. I think the biggest thing that's going to be very different is I think we're actually going to stay on topic now. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I was what is, what is even, that topic by the way? I don't even remember what the topic was. Um, <laughs> just to like go in, I was talking to somebody about a podcast we did recently and I was like, yeah, I just feel like we didn't really like stay on the topic much. And he was like, do you listen to your podcast? Of course you didn't stay on your topic. That, you guys don't know what a, staying on a topic is. And I'm like, all right, that's fair. You're right. I get it. But no, we do have a topic this week, sort of. Um, it's about the video that uh, we came out with earlier this week, earlier this week, today's Tuesday, um, that we came out with yesterday about basically the viability of lineups without super rares in them for Rare Pro. And I know you said this to me in private, but I'm going to share it with everybody. You asked me not to publish the video until <laughs> another month or so. And I'm, I'm sorry I, I ended up publishing it. Yeah. By the way, that was a joke. <laughs> but it did reveal a lot of like information that like I, uh, I don't know that it was like, I don't know that it was like people didn't know this or didn't, didn't think this. But uh, it definitely changed the way that I kind of thought about some different things. Um, and, and really, it all comes back to what are the topic today of what are we trying to win. And, like, I look at my gallery, my situation, and you got me thinking, like, do I need the safety net of a Tier 3? Like, you have me really, really analyzing that thought. And... Um, it is likely to change the way I do some things. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I've been looking at this for like a few weeks, basically. And the absurd, like what feels like dead period in the schedule where you're just like cleaning up, I'll, I'll note. But <laughs> the, the, the data that I was looking at, I was like, people are going to think that either it's wrong or that it's not, you know, that we're like pushing people in a direction. But basically when we, meaning Sora Data, started coming out with these like uh, competition, like insights, like basically those summaries of this is how many lineups there were and how many had DNPs and how many won rewards, whatever. Mm -hmm. We did the Rare Pro one and it's like the, if you want to win in Rare Pro, like you need super rares because look at all of these lineups that win super rares, or excuse me, that win with super rares. And like the more we talked about it internally, it was like, wait a minute, this isn't what we should be looking at. Why don't we look at how many points it takes to win rewards? And we're like, okay, so we like saw it and you know, you see the chart of how, you know, week to week, how many points you need. And then someone was like, well, how many points does it take to do it in rare? And you're like, oh, it's actually less in rare pro. Like you, you don't need the points. And so, there was like this feedback of like, well, you know, if you score X number of points with a super rare, that's better than the rare. And it's like, it, it doesn't matter like how many points you get from each spot. It's like, how many points did you score 
and what does that qualify for in rare and rare pro? And it was like, if you are playing for star and tier one cards, like you don't need as many points in rare pro, even though you have the ability to use super rares. And it's not like we're telling people to not use super rares in rare pro, like in a 70 point rare pro or excuse me, 70 point super rare is going to score more than a 70 point rare because you have the XP bonus, but like the actual viability of five rare lineups is a lot higher than I think we thought. And I understand why you didn't want me to share that with people. <laughs> Should you do that though? Should I just go buy five rares and go compete in? Well, the, so Pro? yeah. So the one point that somebody uh, brought up to me was uh, that the value basically the value of the last tier star tier and tier ones that you can win in rare are actually like more valuable than the ones in rare pro. And I haven't like run the numbers on that, but like just thinking of it, yes, the, uh, using the example from the video, like I just have those numbers in my head, like the 96th tier one, or, you know, for 96th place, you get the tier one. So that's the last tier one in rare pro. Yeah. It's not going to be as valuable as the last tier one in rare because there were only 48 of them. And so you just have a much smaller pool of, of players that you're taking from rare. But the problem is that you shouldn't be comparing the last tier one in rare pro to the last tier one in rare. Because for points wise, if you played that in rare, in rare you're winning a tier two. Like the 96 tier one score gets you a tier two in rare. So like, that's what you need to compare them to. So it's not like you can just say, oh, the tier ones are more valuable in rare because there aren't as many of them. And it's like, well, yeah, but there, there are more in rare pro and they're worth more than the tier twos, usually at least, than what you'd win there. Does that make sense? I guess. <laughs> I just, I, I also feel like there are so many variables here at play like like your gallery like your gallery might not might not say right now um or might not fit play my best five cards in rare pro it might be it's it might still be better to play two lineups if you, if you kind of picking up what i'm saying like if i only have 10 cards and they're two good lineups but i could make it a little bit better if I could make the rare pro lineup a little bit better by moving like some cards around, but then I can't play my rare cards. Like, should I do that? Like basically make your best lineup and put it in rare pro and not play a rare lineup. Yeah. Like, I think you start creating a lot of weird scenarios and I know we always talk about quality over quantity, but sometimes I don't know. If, if it's two quality lineups that why yeah. not play two lineups? Yeah. I, yeah, I, because I mean, isn't that literally the definition of quantity over quality? Why not yeah, but, play two lineups? Right. But the two lineups might both be very strong still. I yeah, mean, no, you might be fair. looking at the difference that's between like a messy and a, uh, Osaman or something like, yeah. Should no, I not no, play I those that. lineups? I get that. Um, I think the, I think it really depends also on what competition you're in. Like if you're in all-star that 
ETH threshold is like such a nice thing to fall back on. Yeah. And when I was looking at all the numbers, I was like, well, it's, it probably doesn't apply as much to the regions that I'm guessing in the regions, like people put their best lineups in rare and it, you won't be able to compete with those in rare pro like challenger Europe, rare pro. And it's not true. Like you can't, it's just as like, it's almost exactly the same. And the numbers are like even more staggering in terms of like what cards have been won with two super rares, but you could have won them with, with five rares. Um, I don't know. I want to at least say happy new year, everybody in the chat. I feel like we've ignored it. So I apologize for that. I I actually like a couple of comments that kind of Josh and uh, uh, Mike have hinted at, like what influence do you think that analysis will have on what's currently happening and do you think that it could flip back to where it actually makes more sense to play the best lineup back in all-star well yeah no i um it's funny because somebody uh said that i think in one of the comments of the video and if um if you guys haven't seen the video and are watching this on youtube at least the link to that video is in the description and for those on the audio there's actually an audio version of that video um on the podcast feed so you could just listen to that as well but the I think it's absolutely possible. And I think it's just up to all of us, meaning us as Sora managers, to know when to switch back. That all of a sudden, if the, if the lines start going the other way, and yeah. you just like, oh, it's actually harder now in Rare Pro, then yeah, you just flip back to Rare. As simple as that. But yeah, I think there's just something like, fundamentally tough of like i'm gonna play my best lineup in the competition that offers fewer prizes yeah i the weird part is too it's like reverse engineering it's like i need 360 points and like that's what you need to accomplish or whatever i'm just making up a number but you're trying to get there and it's like you don't know if that lineups or this lineup or that lineup is going to actually get there so it's like Mm -hmm. still I don't know. Still, it's it's a weird scenario, and I don't I don't know how much it'll affect the way that I play beyond another like another thing that you said to me, and it's regarding two specific regions, mm-hmm. um, Asia, and actually America. Mm. You mentioned that you're you're not going to play, and I don't know if you were being serious or not, but you mentioned you're not going to play uh asia uh pro this year or no, no yeah. you're not gonna play asia uh rare right. sorry yep and you're gonna play Asia. uh <laughs> i can't talk you're gonna play asia rare pro this year yes and, and why so. why is that well so i don't have like the best asia cards in fact i have to buy a forward now because just because i have to i don't have one basically but the like I don't put enough effort into this is, this is actually, this sounds worse now that I'm actually saying this out loud, but I don't put enough effort into Asia where like I, I need to win as much, as many cards there as I can. And I know our friend Sean would like uh, just kill me for that because it's like, well, if you're winning, you're winning and you can sell them and whatever. But like, I don't have like a super competitive Asia team and I don't want to put the work in to get one. I don't want to put the ETH in to get one, really. But if I 
one week have the five guys that I put in and I hit the nuts, I don't want a tier two. Give me the star. And if yeah. the star, if it's easier to do that in rare pro, like I, this, this sounds really arrogant, but I don't want to, I don't want to win tier three Asia cards. I don't want to. It doesn't sound arrogant. For, just, that's your perspective. You don't want. Yeah, not, I don't want to have to sell them for less than a, than a threshold, and then find out because of my lack of wanting to do the work that the guy is actually awesome, and then he just starts crushing. Yeah. Like I would rather just compete for the better prizes with the least amount of effort. <laughs> um, as soon as I started saying it, it sounded so bad. I don't. I think it's fair. Like that's definitely my perspective. Where I I don't a tier three Asian card is just going to be like cannon fodder in, into my lineups. Like it's, it, I'll probably end up having to just sell it. And honestly, America is kind of the same way. Like you look at the really low end America cards. Um, I'm going to end up just selling them and using my really good players. Sure. I want to win those high end players. And if I want to win the high end players, I've got a better chance at doing that. And, and I'm going to call it division three because it's easier for me to say. <laughs> so I'm going to do it in division three. And like uh, so rare boomer. Yeah, I know, right? So I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna be buying, and, and that doesn't mean I'm gonna just submit rares though. I'll, right. I'm gonna fork over a little bit of money, and I'm gonna buy, um, maybe one super rare, maybe two. I don't know, but I'm gonna compete, and I'm gonna compete in D3 because I, I, I really, what do I want to win? Not tier, not the tier three cards. I don't want to win the tier three cards. I want to win tier tier twos and tier ones and better. So um, I'm going to be yeah. paying a little bit of money, I think. No, I think that's a good point. And it, it's funny because uh, I'm looking at champion Europe now in the complete opposite way that I'm trying to, like, I just started playing champion Europe rare mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'll take those tier three champion Europe rares. Sure. See, and that's where I'm at too. Like tier three champion Europe. I'm all about like, those are I'm yeah. happy to win those cards. Um, honestly, and challenger as well, you might get a, a nice young player that, uh, um, uh, or maybe not even a young player, but I've had, I've had a lot of tier three challengers turn good. So I just, I've just had good experience with that. I know others have had good experience with like Kikuchi tier three Jimmer, but we can't all be like, you know, be like Jimmer. No, no, we can't. Do you think... So I'm, it was interesting to me that you said that you're going to do it with America because, like, you have good America super rares. Yeah. Are you going to play them in D2 and win? No, even I'm going to I'm going to prioritize, uh, like, to a fault my D my D3. <laughs> so if it means the if it means the Division Four team the the rare team that I submit is just going to be like dead before mm -hmm. it even get started that's fine that's, i'm gonna okay. make sure i'm gonna make sure that that rare pro team is is solid yeah okay that's that's fair and um yeah I, and i think that's the funny thing about this conversation is it doesn't even it, it's not even like don't don't use super rares and and uh rare pro that's not what uh what you were trying to say no uh, to me like i i've got cards to play in all these divisions like it's about prioritization and I think that the the outcome for like everyone after listening to that video is going to be different because 
for me, it means one thing. For you, it means something. For somebody that only has seven cards, it it might mean they're playing they're playing their best lineup in Rare Pro. It right. might not, but it might. Yeah, I think it 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 goes to the whole like, would you rather you know sporadically win tier ones or semi consistently win tier threes? And if like, I think you just have to make your decision based yeah. off of that. Right. And yeah, I, I mean, I, my best super rares are MLS cards. So I'm obviously dying for <laughs> MLS to come back, but like, I don't like, I won't be playing five rares in rare pro if I have the super rares to play them. Yeah. But I think what, I think what the, the other kind of question that it brings up is, if you're somebody who's like, I'm going to spend up on a, to get a super rare so I, or two super rares to get to rare pro, are you better off just buying elite rares instead? And I think the answer might be yes. I don't know. I actually, I actually think the only reason why the answer is not yes is because elite rares are still more expensive than middling super rares. Yeah, like an elite, it, it depends on the the region, the card, whatever. But I mean, if you're spending an ETH for an elite um, rare, and you can buy for 0.2 a really, you know, like kind of like Alan mentioned here, a middling super rare with def- decisive upside, or even just like a defensive midfielder that, you know, is going to get you 50 points. Let's say he gets you 50 points. With the bonus, I don't know what that ends up being, but like, I don't know. For 0.2 compared to one ETH, it might make sense to buy the lower end super. I don't know. It depends on your gallery, your situation. How many cards have you won with your Michael Bradley super rare? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, I think it's probably low, but let's Is it go. Zero or... No, so I've like won Peyton... cards, but I've submitted in too many lineups to not <laughs> to not win anything. Right. So Peyton's saying they'd rather the Yimmy Chara super rare over the Carlos heel rare, which I think is just pure insanity. I think that's insanity. Just the flexibility of the rare card is, is nice. But, but even if you didn't have the flexibility, Carlos heel is probably a bad example because he's literally the best card in the game. You want to hear something sick? America's you've won zero with Michael Bradley. I've won eight super rares with Michael Bradley. (laughs) Eight super rares. Eight super rares. I've had them for one year. I was going to say, were they all before game week, uh, you know, 140? Uh, 163 to 211. That's pretty good. Honestly, that like, that blows my mind. That, that, that blows my mind. <laughs> I, I don't even have to look at mine. I know it's zero. <laughs> yeah. He had a few good weeks early in the season. <laughs> yeah, I got him late. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I still think you take Carlos Heel. Like he's like essentially the America's Morioka. Like he's, he should. So the thing is, is that he should always be in rare pro. Like if you have Carlos Hill, you shouldn't be playing him in a rare lineup. I think you're like limiting your upside that way. Yeah. I don't know. Mike asked, us if we're, right. Mike asked us if we're okay with tier three U23s. I certainly am. Yeah. I'll take those. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a little bit of a, a difference. Like when you talk about Yimmy and, 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 uh, uh, Giel, cause like age too, like, like when you look at those, like, I don't know how, how old's Chara? 
Yimmy's a younger one, though. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, Diego's like 35 or something. Yeah, Diego looks like he's 22, though. Guy just flies yeah. around the field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just... I, I think... Yeah, I think the difficulty... Is, and that's actually going to break up a point I was going to make. I was listening... So I think the elite rares, if you have them, you're better using them than the middling super rares. But I was listening to another podcast recently, and I, I, I don't know which one it was, but they were talking about these, these types of super rares. And they were like, I think these super rares are like undervalued right now. I think people mm -hmm. are overlooking them. Super rares being undervalued has been like a, a theme since I joined so rare. Yeah. I've always said it, but like, maybe it's not true. I don't know <laughs> if they've been undervalued for more than a year. Are they still undervalued? Like, yeah, <clears throat> I think that the, the undervaluedness of super rares is, is based like 99% on people thinking that D2 is going to get better. Sorry. Right. Uh, super rare division will get better. And they were like, so you just get in now. Right. Well, like they have to improve D2, right? Right. And it's, it's been a while. <laughs> and <laughs> even like before the, they like re did the rewards to make D. Well, at the time we thought it made D2 better and made D3 awful. And it turned out D3 was fine, but it was, Oh yeah, there you go. Mike. Yeah. Said, I think yeah. I, I think I remember hearing him say that. Yes. On uh, John Nellis's drunk cast, which if anybody has, uh, two hours and 45 minutes to kill. <laughs> that is an excellent watch, at least for the first hour and a half that I've gotten through so far over the course of four days. But uh, yeah, that's excellent. Tech, definitely check that out. But yeah, like it, I've never once heard that super rares are appropriately valued or overvalued. They're just <laughs> always undervalued. And yeah. I think it's always the, the you know, the, the super rare holders that, yeah, they're so undervalued right now. <laughs> All the guys that have like, you know, more than, more than five super rares. Right. Yeah. They're so, so undervalued right now. Mm -hmm. And you're just gobbling them up to lose to five <laughs> rare lineups in rare pro. Yeah. Actually, if if I, if I speak it, if I speak it, it'll come true. It's exactly. It's exa <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, I, I don't know. So like, that's the way, like I've been looking for super rares and this didn't like this research didn't make me think I was necessarily making the wrong decision but i don't know i've got an i've got an interesting one for you uh last night before i went to bed i put in a 0.25 bid on leon flack he's a guy that i've kind of like wanted to get for a while and he's exactly what we're talking about he's like he a middling except for he's u23 but he's, I was gonna just, say he's like 20 though yeah but he's just like defensive midfielder doesn't get decisives but he scores you 50 points a game um and unfortunately, like it, at some point in the night, somebody put one more bid on him and I didn't get him. But, uh, um, like I have, is, is, yeah. Is that the type of player though, that you would want a super rare of? Well, so like literally my super rares are those guys other than one. Yeah. Like I have one good super rare and it's switch. Oh yeah. Right here in the video. Yeah. Albert Rusnak. Should you sell Rusnak if he goes to Seattle? I I didn't consider it. I need him. Like I I, I think I can win more with Rusnak then. Although it's it literally like 10x what I bought him. Yeah. 
like I commented to somebody the other day, I'm well, just going to pat myself on the back for this purchase that Rusnok rares are now twice as much as what I paid for the super rare. Makes me feel like one of the people that bought Morioka for like eight bucks two years ago. <laughs> it's not crazy. quite that good. Uh, but yeah, like my, the super rares I have are literally these types of guys. I have Lorias Mabiala, uh, Osvaldo Alanis, Kellen Acosta, like these guys aren't like lighting up the uh, SO5. I have Michael Bradley. And like, I'm not, I'm going in thinking if I have a rare that's better than this, I might, I should probably just play it. Like, I think I've actually made worse lineups in the past because I feel the need to play two super rares. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I have too. Um, and that's kind of the other funny part of this conversation is like, it could all be moot at some point. Like, they may require the super rares at some point, or they may sure. change the whatever in some way. But I guess, you know, we got to play the game with how it's presented to us right now. Right. So, yeah. Um, Mike, no, I did not get a single offer on it. And it's relisted right now if you're, if, if that's a card that you're <laughs> interested in. Um, Mike's asking about a Harrison awful super rare that I, that I own. Uh, who now plays for, is it Charlotte? Is that right? Yeah. He's going to be like a backup there, I think. He's got a little red X on him, and I think that that scares people off when he's, in fact, signed and on a roster. But um, that's a card I'll happily, like, if it never sells, I'll, I think I, I won something nice with it last year, and it was, a, like, bottom of the barrel, cheapest super rare that you could buy. So. Paid for itself? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think... So... If those are the undervalued super rares, A, why is nobody buying your Harrison a full super rare? And B, if those like those are the cards we're looking for, right? Like I don't get like and we're still well, not paying for them. I think Harrison uh, awful, I'm gonna call him. It I think the the deal with him being a wingback is like I think that that is really, really risky and dangerous and can potentially be a bad thing for a super rare because he can go out and score 15 points. Yeah. And bleh. I think that the yeah, appeal... But it's really like 18 or 19 with the... Right, with the bonus. <laughs> I think the appeal of those like middling super rares is like that not going to kill your lineup factor where I get it, he may not win win you anything, but not going to kill your lineup and you put the upside somewhere else. Um, Harrison, man, he, he can just like kill your game week before it started by going out and scoring nine points. Yeah. Yeah. I think I also have, have always looked at quality over, or excuse me, quantity over quality when it comes to rewards. Like I remember it was the day that we podcasted with Quinny. Yeah. And on this podcast or the a so rare Andrews podcast. Yeah. And I won a Bakai Debassi super rare, like during the podcast, you guys must've been talking and I bid on it and I won it. And I've considered that card like important to my gallery because like it allowed me to play rare pro. Cause I had, yeah, that was a super rare. So I, that was, I think that was my second super rare. So I was like, Oh, I can play him and I have my roost knock and now I can play. It was D three at the time. So I just looked it up. Do you know how many award, uh, rewards I've won with him? My guess is none. Four. Four. Okay. But 
I won Casper Shabilko a week after I bought him. Jefferson Savarino, who I sold for a quarter of an ETH. Guillerme, the first Guillerme that I won, not the, the goalie Guillerme, and Carlos Vela. And it's like, did that, that seems good. Like, I guess this middling center back worked out. Yeah. But I've played him a lot more than four times. Like, right. But I mean, you're not expecting him to win every, every game right. week, right? <clears throat> but like, <clears throat> is that what we. Like the thing is, is that because I was playing, like I was winning more often in rare because there are more yeah. cards. So I was winning more tier threes. So I think the other thing that if people are going to move to rare pro is you're, you're not going to win it. Like if you do win tier threes, I, I don't want to say like every game week, but like enough, like you're not going to win as many in rare pro. And I yeah. think that's like a big, that's a huge part of this whole thing. Yeah, like, well, what I you think win will be better. I think I think too. There's going to be moments that you get tilted too because you're going to have like a really good game week, but like so does everybody else. Yeah, and you're going to score 400 points and not win anything. Where oh, at least <clears throat> at least you would have pulled out a tier three or something in in rare. Yeah, that's that was a big thing I always joked with people in DFS where somebody's like, "Oh, I scored all these points and I can't believe I didn't win," and it's like. This isn't a game about how many you can score. It's yep. you got to score more than everybody else. And so, yes, you had a big week and everyone had a big week. And yeah, but but it's true. Like the I think a lot of people look at when they like have a really high score in a region and they're like, oh, man, I would have been for, you know, oh, I could have podiumed an all star if I had just played my challenger lineup there. And nobody goes the other way. Where like, oh, if I had just played this rare pro lineup in rare, I would have won something. Instead, yeah. I'm I got nothing. And so yeah, I think there's just it's just a very different way of playing if you if you normally play rare pro you know, rare. Yeah. And if you're I don't know. Thoughts on uh totally off the wall, but um if if I'm playing five rares in in rare pro, but I happen to have a super rare goalkeeper, thoughts of super rare goalkeepers in rare pro. Yeah, I think I think that's the best situation to not like adjust everything. Like yeah. goalkeepers are the same. So like I, I don't I mean they're obviously they're not all the same, but they're basically all the same. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I also think it's weird though if you have just one super rare and it's a goalie. <laughs> I know well, I know that that's a strategy that Sam likes to use uh surface terror missiles in chat. Um and like while we're while we're continuing to talk here if you want to type up like your reasoning behind that, I'd love to read it because I don't I don't know that it provides like a ton of like additional upside in your lineup, but I would if if you're uh okay sharing it, I'd like to like read that and share it with the audience because i know that that's something you like to do but like ultimately you're not going to play like a worse matchup super rare just because it's a super rare right you i I mean you're talking goalkeeper i think you're gonna just still want to play your best matchup but i I think that there's a reason sam plays the super goalkeeper in in his division three or rare pros and i I don't know exactly why that is um <clears throat> while well, Sam writes that up for us so we can take credit for it. Uh 
Bob Flynn was asking if we think the uh, Nkosi Burgess super rare was a sneaky acquisition. I know that Burgess doesn't go by Burgess anymore. Um, I forget what it, what the situation was there. But I will say, Bob, that um, a friend of mine who just started a, or he's going to start a new MLS-based so rare content engine, I'll call it, called Major League So Rare, uh, has one as well, possibly two of them. And when he does stuff, I pay attention to it. And so, yes, I think a Burgess Super Rare is good, only because Skylar Redpath also has one. Um, and I love this comment from Yesway Jose. Judson Tavares was a good water carrier Super Rare last year. Goes and gets 55, heads home, back into bed, ready for his 52 next week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that's fine. And I think you probably get that super rare for less than an elite rare. So that makes sense. Sure. But I don't know. So Pap kind of agrees with Surface here. He says goalkeeper super rare and rare pro is a good strategy. A 60 is easy to achieve to 80 with super rare. I don't know. I don't have good enough goalies to easily achieve 60 from my <laughs> Um, because I can't afford the elite super rares in many cases, but I can pretty much afford any rares. Um, so lots of times my expected score is higher with a good so rare goalkeeper or super rare goalkeeper and an elite rare. Okay. It's cheaper to buy an elite super rare goalkeeper. That's very That's, certain. I think you're usually looking at like two X the rare, maybe I was going to say this, the, the price difference between rares to super rares in, in goalkeepers is much tighter than anything yeah. else. Um, yeah, I think that that's good perspective. Mm -hmm. I, I really do. And I, it's something that I've kind of like maybe avoided or not done a lot of. Like I've done it out of necessity. Like I only have X number of lineups and I've got a, I, I have maybe one one outfield player that's a super rare, but I have like a goal, super rare goalkeeper. Then I might try to play those in, in D3, but it's usually like forced upon me and I don't strategically try to do that. But right. Um, maybe, maybe that'll change my, my strategy there a little bit. I don't know. There's nothing more I dislike about so rare than having to buy a goalkeeper. And that's a rare one. <laughs> having to pay yeah. two X for a super rare just kills me. <laughs> what's, what, what's bizarre to me is like, I, what I, what I always hate is the fact that like the, I always feel like the super rares have less utility than the rares and they kind of do. Like if you're not playing sure. D1, then they, they definitely do. Um, and you know, 95% of users are not playing D1. So to most people, they have less utility hmm. and it just feels like you buy the super goalkeeper. You immediately can't use him in one of the divisions that you play all the time. And that's frustrating, but I think that there's good value there. Like we, we talk about it, like you're looking at like two X sometimes of what the, the rare costs. I mean, I was looking I played D2, or yeah, it was D2 back then, so I'll call it D2. But I played a little D2 before the MLS season ended, and I played with a rare goalkeeper. And my super rares weren't good enough. It's not like I was like a few points shy of, <laughs> of getting something. Mm -hmm. But it did feel like, I guess, the super rare goalie would help me out. I don't know. I don't think that it makes as much of a difference there. There, um, yeah. But I, I don't know. that Maybe that's a that'll be a fun little project for you to like 
run those numbers, like look at the number of rares. Uh, and I think that you even mentioned that you were going to maybe do that. Like look at the rares being played in Division 2 and then look at the uniques being played in Division 2 and seeing kind of how that shakes out, <clears throat> see what the data yeah. tells you. Yeah, we posted something today about just the like this last game week, the one that ended today, mm -hmm. so the Champion Europe one. And I think there were 10, if I remember correctly, there were 10 rewards in D2. And four of the 10 went to five super rare lineups and then two each in the other. So basically the four super rares and a rare, four super rares and a unique, and three super rares, a unique, and a rare. Each had two. I just that was don't kind know of a weird game week though, right? Yes. Yes. And we're going to keep, well, this coming weekend should be better. But yeah, there's a, I'm guessing that these last couple game weeks is, are just going to be noise in the data for a while. Right. <laughs> I like this. And perhaps when super rares are not undervalued anymore, the most margin can be made on goalies. I do I think that like... Not, be under, not undervalued. I do think that there's like always that thing out there like that's kind of sitting in front of us where it's like we, we kind of see these scarcity-based divisions. Um, they're inching towards it, or at least it looks like they are with like the way the... Uh, the I don't know, the play pages. If they ever went to where like you couldn't play that scarcity under in the division, like if it were just a super rare division, yep. you've got to think that the super rare goalkeepers like prices, I don't know, go up. If you can't play a rare goalkeeper there, right? I don't know. I, Not financial advice. I actually wonder if the opposite happens and that uh, a lot of people sell out of super rares. So they stop playing that division. That's a, That's a good point. Like, I I don't know what I would do. I don't have enough super rares at this point, but like... But you wouldn't... I, that's not a division that you play in anyways, right? No. I mean, I have I have enough MLS super rares to play except for a goalie. You'd buy a goalie, wouldn't you? I would probably buy a goalie. <laughs> the worst part is, is that I would buy a goalie, but like the super rares I have are not good enough. Yeah. So I would just be... I don't know. I really think that's a bad idea single scarcity like a really really bad idea yeah well i think i think that you might get single scarcity but you might get like um you might still have like the progression piece but like the actual super rare division might just be all super rares i don't know me speculating over here but you might still have rare pro where you can play one two super rares, oh, whatever yeah no uh i I think, that's do you think do you think they'll always be do you think they'll always be an option to play the scarcity under in the like the what like I, rare rare will you be able to use right. limited for instance what I think is weird is super rare now that you can use three scarcities yeah that doesn't make sense to me uh, and so well it either it, it it could make sense if you just like applied that logic across the board but I I like the idea of everything being very uniform and like the same logic applied across like different scarcities. So that's like end goal. Like what I would love to see is like some uniformity across the board. Totally agree with you. And, and I think that it, um, I think it's set up to do it. Like, I think the, yeah. it, I mean, we see it with rare, like the rare and rare pro makes sense and you can do it with limited. You just make, limited and limited pro and it allows you to use two rares you know you, have, you just have to play around with the 
XP bonuses and whatnot, but I don't think it makes a difference. And in super rare, like you have super rare where you can use a rare because you can always dip under and then super rare pro lets you use uniques. I don't know, but I don't play up there. So I don't know like what that does to uniques and I don't know if I really care. <laughs> yeah. As someone who doesn't have any and probably is not headed there ever. So. Peyton mentioned the common goalkeeper in rare is a legacy thing that is just odd and they probably aren't entirely sure how to solve. I mean, I think that, I think that it just has to be a limited there and like, I get it. You're forcing people to spend some money, but um, I think that that's the obvious solution that they got to go towards. And I just, I, I honestly, I'm baffled that it's not already done, but whatever. It, I, it's crazy that, that you can still do it. Yeah. And even crazier is that they opened like the casual league to everybody again. Yeah. Like somehow I still don't have an out. I'm like, I feel like I'm the only person on the entire platform who doesn't have an house in common. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy how many people have that. He's the most popular player in, in all-star rare every week yeah. by, by, Mounds, leaps and bounds more than everybody else. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, Sam says people need it for the threshold. I, I, I think people need to start buying goalies in limited, and then you can get your threshold. Yeah, I agree. I'm fine forcing them to do that. All of us so rare boomers telling people that they got to buy goalies. <laughs> But I think most people in chat kind of agree with that. I haven't seen anybody. I, I have yet to hear anybody say like, that's outrageous. They shouldn't get rid of commons in, uh, in the rare division or whatever. Like I haven't really heard anybody fight that. Like, I think that if you made that one limited or something, I think it would just really make things make, make a lot more sense. Especially because I assume that they give like more than enough lead time. And then you could just pile up your thresholds to buy your limited goalkeeper. I think price pressure on limited goalies is fine. Yeah. They got plenty of them. They do. <laughs> so many. So many. Sam asked me if there were uh, any things off limits that I wasn't allowed to talk about now that we're not associated with Rotowire. I don't think so. I feel like I wasn't really restricted before. What about paywalls and. Uh... <laughs> like, put some um... up? <laughs> they're coming yeah one's coming but that's news we've announced that already there's some cool stuff coming too though so with the news that you announced earlier this week is there anything that you're doing to reshape your gallery beyond kind of your asian strategy um to kind of attack either all-star or challenger champion like you mentioned you're happy to win tier threes and champion yeah, I, I agree. Me too. Yeah, I so I have yeah recently tried to start playing Champion Europe, and it's been basically a disaster. Uh, <laughs> but but like any good sober manager, I just keep throwing money at it until it works. But there none of the data that I looked at made me think I should play Rare Pro. Like none of it. Like I'm I I have a 
team built to compete for tier threes and and that's just what i'm gonna have to do for a while you know your experience with your champion uh lineup has been like really interesting and I, i think that it's like a good thing to share because um i think that there's a lot of different uh perspectives on like your your journey here where you started off with five cards and then I think somebody got COVID, somebody got suspended, somebody got hurt. You've, you've had so many things, and now you're just like, you, how many champion players do you have now? Like 10, I think. Maybe. <laughs> Might even be more. And those aren't rewards. Those are just no, buying no, depth and adding on. Yeah. I. Yes, that's just adding on. Um, it's just how that is how hard it is to play this game with just like five guys. Yeah. You just can't so, do it. Totally. So I also picked arguably the worst time to start because they haven't played any games now. Like, they're, yeah. you know, like one week it's Serie A and then the next week's La Liga and Premier League seems to always be on, but we don't barely have any Premier League cards on the platform. And so I feel the, the worst part is, is that I've won enough, excuse me, I've won. I've won nothing. I have bought enough cards that I feel like if I don't get them in lineups, it's just, I'm just throwing, I've just, I'm burning money because yeah. it's like I bought these cards and I'm not using them. And so, yeah, so I had, uh, my forward got hurt and then came back and just left for uh, Africa Cup of Nations. So I bought another forward, two of my, uh, midfielders got hurt. One of which I owned like before this pl- one of which was like a foundation of this plan. I was like, Oh, I have this guy. I'm not using a U 23. Let me build a, uh, a champion Europe team with him. So he got hurt. Then I bought the goalie, which was just like, I hate buying goalies. And then, um, Oh, and so then there's like an upcoming game week where La Liga's not playing. <laughs> so my La Liga, so everyone else is playing except my goalie. You can't not play a goalie. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's uh, it's been a... Why not, why not just build a five-man stack? It's just, <laughs> it's been a disaster. That, that um, is like the, the, like the, 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 I don't know, the biggest advantage I, I see with playing a stack is they all, they all play at the same time. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, oh, so I did consider that. And the team that I was going to stack uh, does, doesn't have the goalie minted. Ah. So I was like, yeah. okay. And then another team I was going to stack has one really expensive uh, center back. And then the other one hasn't been minted. Like, I'm, I'm really good at finding yeah. teams that... Like, like these little scenarios where you just can't, you can't get the whole thing. Yeah, it's just weird too because it's like teams that are being minted, and yet yeah. the some guy that like there was a who was it Verona maybe yeah I think it was Verona and and they're not like a great defensive team but like I was like that's good I can afford them right and they minted both backup goalies but not the starter who has been starting for like two years I'm yeah. just like where where's this guy's guy there's a picture on on the site he's on sore data that like his face is there with the jersey but they just haven't printed the cards there's no cards yet and the worst part is at least when you go to like syria is that so many of those teams are in bundles and like i don't i'm not in the business of buying bundles and so now i have to like wait for somebody else to buy the bundle post an you know an expensive you know overpriced card 
and right. then have to negotiate there. But and they're like, no, I bought the bundle for that guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you could take the four crappy guys that I don't want, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, Sam, your question before about the Sora data roadmap. Um, I don't think this is the the place for it. This isn't the platform for the. Uh... I don't think this is the platform for it. There is a platform for it, and and probably somebody more French that uh, better <laughs> explaining that than me. But we'll do that for sure. That will be. We can make one up right now on the spot. We could. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. But yeah, I think uh, I think what is uh, Bob saying? It always seems that people who win are on Twitter. Do you think that's an engagement thing? I think people, this was a big DFS thing too. People like love to post their huge winnings. And I think they're, how do I put this nicely? Not nicely. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I think a lot of people share their winnings because they're happy. Yes. And they want to just show that they're happy. And I'm cool with that. And But I see why it could rub some people the wrong way. Especially when someone's like, wow, look at this card I won that's worth $10,000 and these five cards that I bought two years ago for 85 cents that got me the, these cards. I get how that rubs people a little bit differently. But so that's the other thing, yeah, um, that somebody brought up that nobody posts how bad they do <laughs> if they have a bad game week. Although I will say Zora posted recently yeah. That he had his, you know, 20 lineups and didn't win anything. So props to Zora for that. But yeah, I think, I don't think people necessarily post to show off. I think it comes from a place of like, they're happy about it and they just want to show that they're happy about it. So that's all. Yeah. I feel like when you, if, if my, my take um, and take, take it as you will, but more, along the lines of like here are all the cards that I won is more of more of like that like show off yep. whatever and you know maybe posting your hey I got I got third place or whatever I podium for the first time and however long mm -hmm. like I, I feel like that's more of just like yes you know like that's more of like me exclaiming how happy I am but uh, honestly um people are going to do what people are going to do and uh um like that behavior is just like uh, I think a lot of a lot of times they don't there's not like that I don't I don't want to say lack of self awareness but it's more along the lines of like like you said they're just really happy and they're they're proud of what they've done and if you don't like it block them ignore them whatever um, but to me to me I kind of have the same perspective as you where it's like that guy's just happy <laughs> one of my I, one of my favorite things is watching both Quinny and John Nellis when they do theirs. And the best part about them is, and they're both very open when they win a reward and the like thing pops up and they're like, I have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. And the best is, and then it's like, all right, let, let me go over to Sora data, see what's up with it. And it happened to me recently that I had, I won a tier one in rare pro with one super rare. It was that Mabiala actually, last game of this, it was the uh, MLS Cup final. But I was like, oh, I won this guy, I've never heard of him, blah, blah, blah. And I look on Sura data and he's worth like 0.25 and he crushes and I'm like, oh, sweet. All right, yeah. 
that's yeah. that's great. But yeah, it's like my favorite thing of like watching somebody be like so excited for their star reward or tier one, and they're like, I never heard of this player before right. in my entire life. Yeah, it's good content. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Flynn says it. It's okay to celebrate. I agree with Bob. But I do the I. I also agree with you on the whole, like, look at the 17 cards I won this week. It's like, eh. Right. Yeah. I would like to win 17 cards or whatever it is. I'd like to play in 17 divisions in a game week. <laughs> yeah, I looked at that the other day. Uh, yeah. I see. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is true. Nellis is the king of being underwhelmed when he pulls a reward. <laughs> the MLS ones are the best. He's like, oh, it's an MLS card. Carlos... Gil, never heard of him. And then he looks it up. I, I embarrassingly won uh, Giovanni uh, Simeone. Simeone. Who, yeah, what? which I was like, oh, coach's son. Because I, <clears throat> I I knew that much at least. But I didn't know that he was having like a standout year or whatever. And we were talking the other night and you were like, yeah, he's third, third in the league in goals. I'm like, third what? Third in goals, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Really? Yeah, only Chiro and somebody else have more goals than them. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I should be I should be pretty happy about you that. You'd be happy about that. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, okay, insta sell." Right. <laughs> yeah. Congrats on that one, by the way. Yeah, that was, that was nice. Um. So was that a? Oh, it was a super rare. That was your D two. Yeah. Was that All Star or Champ Europe? Champ Europe, and it was tier two, which is, seems like a damn good tier two. That is a good tier two. That yeah. was first place tier two. Yeah. But it was like one of those game weeks where I think there were three competitive lineups. Right. <laughs> yeah. The um. And the, but the Hikimi was the super was the star. Right. That was all star. Oh okay. So yeah. why did you play? Oh, because it was only Champ Europe. That's right. It seems right. So those were very different. Those were very different game weeks. The all star one was like I had the Mexican guys and yeah. mixed with uh, like part of a. Uh, challenger stack or something. I don't. I don't remember the. It was something like that. That that's a lineup that like so rare should use in marketing material. Yeah, like like oh, you can use these guys. I I don't know. I I almost feel like like a, Asian players or MLS players yeah. would be a a, a good uh, a good selling point there. And Peyton actually kind of mentioned the people sharing their rewards just maybe to promote the platform a little bit. And I think that. Uh, I think that people do do that, and sure. there's certainly nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it, I, I think you have to be careful though, like because you know you share. I've won 17 rewards this game week or whatever, and you have all these new players that might be struggling to just win one card. I think that I think that you know there's there can be bad outcomes with that, or you know, uh, sure, you can get, you can make a lot of people angry with you. Well, yeah, because it's like, wow, that's really cool. Like, how do I do that? And you're like, oh, we'll just put in a quarter of a million dollars and you can... Like, Six months ago. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you need any help, just let me know. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, hmm. Yeah. So are you going to... Uh, do you think you're going to play or not prioritize super rares in like more often? in rare pro no um i don't think that it's going to change the i don't think it's going to change 
maybe that as much. Like, if I still have, like, good super rares, I'm still gonna... I shouldn't even say good. Like, those middling super... I don't have enough elite players to, like, to bounce my my middle-of-the-road super rares out. Yep. And I, I think it was Josh mentioned this in chat, like... I don't know a page ago, but he he plays like a lot of uh, like defensive stacks with middle of the road superers. I do I have like very similar strategies in in my America side where like my Columbus Crew stack, which th- that was that was Harrison and Menza and R- Room, and it was a disaster this year just because they were a bad team. Yeah, but those are the types of things that I kind of kind of tend to do. And uh, I think it, I think that it can be a good strategy, especially if you run into a team that maybe keeps a couple clean sheets or whatever. And that I mean, Columbus was just they they couldn't defend, they couldn't yeah, they attack, they couldn't do anything this year. And it just you know, it's a team that won the league last year. You would think that you know they could have I don't know won me a couple game weeks, but is what it is. My uh, random MLS pr- uh, prediction for this podcast is that they are significantly better this year. Yeah, I hope so. That's all I got, though. Yeah, but I, I, I think honestly, when we talk, taking that conversation back to rare pro, like I, I don't think that it, it's going to change like the way I play a ton in uh, divisions where I have already like I already have my cards. Like I, I'm pretty yeah. well set up in other like if I were starting fresh somewhere, it would definitely change things. Asia, where I'm not like I, I don't I'm not I'm I'm really low effort there but I can kind of change things a little bit. I'll probably, um, I probably will purchase a super rare and, and, and try to make those really good, maybe not a really good lineup, but a, a better lineup for D3. And it's, it's not so much because of uh, what you published. It's more of what you told me where I, I, I don't want to win those cards. What do I want to win? Do I want to win tier three Asians? No. Do I want to try to win tier twos and tier ones? Yeah, well, then you have a better chance of doing that in, you know, Rare Pro. But why are you buying the Super Rare then? Because I feel like I can get better value from that than buying the Elite of the Elite Rares. Like, it's either Kikuchi or, I don't know, some defensive midfielder. It's kind of what it's going to come down to me. And it's right. like, do you want to play pay point two or do you want to pay point, I don't know, what is what is Kikuchi one ETH, one point five ETH? No, is he really that high? I don't know. It's got to be high. Oh, man. We're both we're both searching. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, I didn't point think seven. Was yeah, point seven. Okay. Kikuchi was like one of the first limiteds I bought. So I was like, oh, this man, guy's for really point good. seven. I don't know. Maybe it does make sense to buy Kikuchi. I don't even think you need to pay that much. Nobody pays point seven. 0.65, that's the price. I think if I want them right now, it's probably 0.7. <laughs> yes, if you want them right now. Yeah. Which haircut do you want, though? Hmm. Sorry, I just noticed he had multiple years cards. Yeah, I. there's no way I'm buying Asia Super Rares to play Rare Pro. Really? Like, no way. Like, I... Hmm. Yeah, no, no way. <laughs> Like if I'm playing, if I'm going to buy a super rare, I'm going to do it in a region that I want to prioritize. I just have enough, like I used to play Asia seriously enough for me that I have the, 
the cards that I can play, although I had a five-man stack from Olsen, and now only two guys are left on the team. But It sounds like what I need to do is buy a super rare Asian goalkeeper. Hmm. That's an interesting... I mean, after interesting... after right. reading what these guys were saying, I, I would think that I could get some pretty extreme value on a 36-year-old super rare goalkeeper in Asia. Right, who only has 20 years left. Right. <laughs> Andy, that's interesting. Um, it's too bad we're live streaming here and everybody else is listening to this because I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Well, I... <laughs> I was gonna make, I was gonna make your favorite stack of all time, um, the Tokyo stack, um, but I, th I think I could still do it, um, you know, bottom bottom table stack. <laughs> but I, I would have to get the Slowic uh, super rare now. Correct. Hmm. As I wander over to so rare data and right, find out what that card might cost me. As we both are. There's just, yeah, Sam brings it up. Like, there's just, guys just stop playing randomly. Yeah. Like, uh, Takuto Hayashi, who I have the rare of, took over for Osako at the end of the season. His, so I have no idea if, I assume he doesn't start this year. But his super rare is point two. Yeah. Oh, point one nine nine. We got a little battle. That's fun. But yeah, I don't like I think the only way that you know you're getting somebody who's like locked in is getting uh Langerick. Yeah. And that super rare is not. Don't you have his rare? No. Did you I did to? at one point. Yeah, yeah, you used to, yeah. You know, these Asian pictures are funny, like Slowic. And I don't know if you've seen any of the other ones where they're holding up the sign. It's almost like they're like a prisoner of war or something, like holding up like a I don't know, the do you see the sign? Oh, on, on Sura Data, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. He's not even holding it, is he? No, it's just like setting in front of him somehow. Yeah. Ooh, Mike, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe... Oh, like I said, I hate buying goalkeepers, and now the idea of buying a super rare champion asia goalkeeper is just i'm like shuddering um oh man and so oh, I, got, I got i gotta buy before he posts his uh That's right. his guide but then you oh, also have to hope that whoever you bought is in the guide <laughs> right yeah i think he's referring to quinny quinny has a super rare slowic uh we're gonna go into some negotiations if he's had it for a while good luck good luck quinny loves holding those cards yeah, he's had it for a year. Mm. Good luck. Ooh, a goalkeeper that is captain in his club. I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Man, Slowik's L5 is very appealing to me. 31. What is... So as rare as point two. They don't even have his team right. That's helpful. Yeah. Sam, I can assure you that Slowik will be the starter because I have Go Hatano. <laughs> Just a stone cold lock that he gets that job. Oh. 
There's nothing yeah, they like have that. some. They have some strange rules though, in a, like the I don't know about the J League, but I know the K League. There was like there was like a rule like you get an extra sub. Sam yeah. probably knows. If you, you get use, like an like extra sub. Twenty three. Yeah. So I don't know. It might make sense for some of these teams, like if they have like a like a serviceable U twenty three goalkeeper or whatever, to just plug them in there so they can take advantage of the rule. Like the super rare uh, trick, except with domestic soccer rules. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Man, gone off topic. Actually, this probably isn't off top. Off topic. No, it's not. We're talking about rare pro and super rare goalkeepers. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This actually might be the most on topic we've ever been. For for a period, yeah. Yeah. I'm just excited for this weekend to come back. Yeah, do you have any exciting either lineups or teams or uh, players that you're happy to get back? My biggest sweat is going to be if this Porto match plays because ah. apparently their opponent has like 25 positive COVID cases. Porto has a lot of COVID yeah, cases. Yeah, pretty much everyone has a lot. I just hope they play and my two guys play. That's all yeah. I need. But I was well, looking to think like, should I just play those guys? Like I have no super rares right now. Should I just play those guys in rare pro? And just hope for the best in, like, I think the problem is that I, I enter, like, I don't put my best five rares in rare pro, but I put like a strong team in rare where it's just harder to win cards overall. But I'm like, and, but like, I'm like, oh, I can just, but I have the threshold, but I'm like, maybe I just throw in five clowns that can help me get the threshold. And then why not just do that? So I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we never really talked about that too much, but like when people are setting their lineups and like kind of bigger galleries like myself or Sam, or I don't know who else in this chat, I think Josh has a pretty good size gallery, but like, uh, like kind of putting all the puzzle pieces together like when when do you do your rare pro division? Do you do that before you do your division two? Do you or right. super rare division? Do you do that before you do your rare division? Like it sounds like the consensus is you do your rare pro first. I think that's what a lot of people that's what a lot of people do. It's the mo- it's the easiest path to the best rewards. Yeah. Unless you have a bunch of uniques. Which we don't. And I think I think the other the other reason you see a lot of like subpar super rares in there, um, and this is probably obvious, and I'm just repeating the obvious, but um, I have super rares. I feel obligated to use my super rares. If I don't use my super rares, I feel like I'm wasting them, and I shouldn't have bought them in the first place. So I play my super rares in that division, which may be incorrect. I, you know, I might have a little better quality of a player or whatever that I could put in there or a better matchup because matchups matter too. But um, there's this sense of obligation, like uh, Chucky Lozano. (laughs) I've got a super rare. He does not, he has not been scoring goals. He has been kind of just like a, I don't know. I don't want to say useless, but he is just not been great in SO5. He's a lineup killer. But I am, I feel obligated to play him uh, a lot of weeks. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, oh, well, I have a forward spot open. Should I play this guy, Pinamani, or like you know, like a a, yeah. a guy that's scoring goals, but he's not let, setting the world on fire either. 
but he, he's scoring goals, and I have his rare. Or should I play Chucky Lozano? It's like I there's, end up playing Chucky for the upside. That's yeah, probably there's, wrong. There's nothing worse than putting a super rare in a training lineup. Yeah, like because it's not like you can be like, oh, I'll just throw in this lineup with five other with four other rares because like if you've already like if you already have a rare pro team, and it's like, well, I I can't make a lineup with this. Like you can't play it in rare. So, yeah, no, I, I think I've definitely made some suboptimal decisions with my super rares just because I have them. And my guess is I will continue to do it, but I really hope I don't. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That. I think, yeah, Misaki said it there. Biggest battle is picking a rare over a super rare and rare pro. Yeah. It's true. Absolutely true. Agreed. Yeah. And then... One last thing from Alan. If starting from scratch tomorrow, you have your threshold grinder team set, would you look to build a value stack with super rares and rare pro or look for a second rare team? My opinion is I would look at whatever I know best. So if I know America really well or if I know uh, Asia really well, and I can build, like, let's say I'm just an expert in Champion America. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would bother trying to build a ch- Challenger team, Challenger rare team yet. I would go for the America rare pro team because that's what I know. So specialize in what you know first. Then again, if you feel like you're good in a lot of different regions, maybe you build outwards. I think that's really smart. They say like invest in what you know in, right? So yeah, yeah. it's kind of the same kind of same no, idea. I think that I think that was a really good answer. I wasn't gonna come up with that right away. <laughs> and I probably would have not done that, but I think that is the right year. Yeah, no, the right answer, excuse me. Yeah, that's that's fair, Sam. Uh time of the year is important there too. Like if you want to always be playing, so I want to be playing hmm. throughout the year, twenty four seven, three sixty five, then maybe you build a another rare team in another region. Right. Yeah, that's, I like, yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, we've gone a little long, although maybe it's not that long for this new So Rare Data hosted podcast. But Yeah, we can make all of the episodes or all of the podcasts exactly one hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. One hour and 11 minutes or longer, shorter. Or not. Yeah, we can do whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah, we'll uh, at least cut it off for today. So everyone in the chat, thank you for for hanging out with us uh, for this time. Uh, if you are catching up on the chat, um, or excuse me, catching up on the video, um, thank you for watching. If everybody could just uh, like it below, that would be greatly appreciated. I assume everybody is already subscribed to the channel, but if you're not, please do so. That would be helpful as well. And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. I think it's available pretty much everywhere. So it uh, definitely helps more people find out about the podcast if uh, we get it rated and reviewed. So thank you for that. We'll be back next week uh, with another topic that um, we don't have yet. So if anybody has something specific you want us to cover. Julian Oliver as to Man United. We'll talk about that. No, 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 no. That can't happen. Please don't let that happen. but yeah, it, feel free to reach out to us. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew M. Laird. You can find Andy at ablack86, also available in the SoRare discords by the names that are down there. Uh, I am, uh, I think it's Lairdino on the SoRare discord. It's Lairdino or Andrew M. Laird. 
Um, Andy is at Black, so just find him there. Andy, thanks for that, and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you.